right, and we're back with another episode. Um, to get us started us off, I will tell a little bit of history. Um, the first thing I have here is that in 1953, House of Wax, the film that featured Vincent Price, uh, became the first 3D movie to premiere in New York. The first color 3D movie to premiere in New York. So, um, yeah, it's pretty big, pretty iconic film as well. Um, also, on this day in 1968, at the 40th Academy Awards, In the Heat of the Night one, and that um, stars, oh God, uh, Sidney Poitier, and um, who else is that? I can't think the life of me. I really don't know. But, yeah, yeah, Sidney Poitier and um, Rod Steiger. And it, if you haven't seen that film, go check it out. It's really good. It deals with kind of uh, um, kind of like a murder thing that takes place in Mississippi and there's a um, Sidney Poitier is a police chief and uh, Rod Steiger I hope I'm saying his name right is is a wrestling suspicion of murder and there's just a lot going on but it's really really good um, and that same oh that same date um, four years later 1972 uh, the French Connection one and this is one of the I think it's known most for its like iconic car scene uh, car chase that I think was filmed in like real time. It's crazy, but this one stars Gene Hackman, and that movie is really good as well. And then in 2014, on the state, uh, Hall and Oates, Nirvana, Linda Ronstadt, and Kiss were among the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees. Which and that was just some of them. Usually they take in a lot of people, but that's a pretty um, heavy hitting group of people just right there. So, right, right. One likes film, the other TV. Together, they chronicle life in the peak entertainment era. It's a streamable life. If you're hearing this, we thank you for pressing play on another edition of It's a Streamable Life podcast with Brandon and Lauren. In unlucky episode 13 of season five, we're going to dish on the recent trend of scripted and unscripted content highlighting scammers and what this really says about the current TV landscape. But let's first dig into our, uh, always our first segment, the news and headlines. All right, for me, um, something I was excited about, uh, Batman Unburied is a podcast coming to Spotify that will feature um, Winston Duke as Bruce Wayne. So it's a a story like an unrelated uh, Batman story. Um, Not not sure how many episodes it will be, but it'll premiere exclusively on Spotify. Um, other actors involved feature Hassan Minaj as uh, Hassan Minaj as the Riddler, Jason Isaacs as Alfred, Gina Rodriguez will play Barbara Gordon, Lance Reddick as Thomas Wayne, Tokes Alagundoye as Martha Wayne, John Rice mm-hmm. Davies as Dr. Hunter, and Ashley Birch as Vicki Vale. So this oh. is an interesting um extension of dc and basically what everyone's doing with their content and ip nowadays is trying to get it into as many mediums as possible exactly exactly um next excuse me um the oscar-winning iranian director who um did a hero his name is um oh one second Ashgar Faradi was accused of plagiarizing the story 
and he was found guilty um, in court in court over plagiarism charges. So Iran court found evidence that the celebrated filmmaker based his recent movie on a documentary made by one of his film students. So I'm not exactly sure what will happen, um, but a hero was definitely a contender this past year for best foreign film. Right, right. That's kind of (laughs) grindy. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm sure there'll be updates on that later, but that tends to happen sort of like, not all the time, but you hear stories of either people who submit work uh, or pilot searches and stuff like that. And then years later, something similar pops up on this, on the network and all those issues of ownership and whose is it's then and stuff, it, it gets a little confusing. So, right, right. Exactly. And then my last headline, um, Actor Harry Lennox submitted a op-ed to Variety where he basically said that in order for the Oscars to re-instill their integrity, Will Smith would have to give his Oscar back. It, that, uh, that's stupid. <laughs> that's, yeah. Yeah, it was a very short op-ed, but yeah. um, just the mere idea that the Oscars have any integrity in the past 94 right. years exactly. and that a black man of all people one one of someone of will smith's caliber and character as we have known him is one to sort of be the sacrificial lamb to that institution to restore honor and the statuette right. bullshit so yeah. i'm not exactly sure where harry's coming from but keep that yeah, there's there's plenty of people that need to um, return their Oscars before he he would he would need to return his. Yeah, it's just very weird. the The takes from the incident have been worse than the incident itself. So absolutely, yeah, and so annoying. I'm glad it's finally died down, but Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I'll hop into what I have. Um, okay, so the first story here is actually about something that happened prior to the Oscars, but um, actor Sam Elliott came out and made some wild comments about Power of the Dog, about, you know, uh, kind of, I think he called it a piece of shit is what he called it and said it wasn't accurate and the whole bunch of wild stuff. Um, but he's come out now and a month or so later, maybe even more, and given an apology saying that he wasn't very articulate. Um, he didn't articulate what he was trying to say very well. And, um, you know, he also said something about the gay community in his comments before and came out and apologized to them and uh, just kind of owned up to what he did, even though, you know, it's, it's been a month or so. But um, so, yeah, that happened over the weekend. Yeah, I just saw that. Was he like drunk when he said those things or something? I, I don't know. It seemed very out of character for him. So I, I have no clue. Yeah. Well, well at least he apologized. Right, right, right. So uh, secondly, um, in the film series, it seems like it's never going to end. Uh, it's been announced that Brie Larson is going to join the cast of Fast and Furious 10. So Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody is still watching those films, which a lot of people seem to be because they always do really well, uh, they will be able to see her in um, the newest one. So there's that. Yeah, I think it was announced 
um, on Instagram by Vin Diesel. He came out and said that she would be part of it. So yeah, that's, that's something. Um, and then lastly, in a big moment, historic moment, uh, we re have a new Supreme Court judge. Um, I guess we refer to her now as Justice Katanji Brown Jackson. Is that how it goes? Yes. Yes. So she has broken a very, very um, sturdy racist ceiling. <laughs> sturdy <laughs> racist and sexist ceiling is becoming the first Black woman. Um, uh, so she got confirmed, but the actual, um, oh, I'm not sure what it's called, the swearing in or the, the actual process, that won't happen until this session ends when, um, um, I th and I believe that's in June or July. So oh, okay. right now she's just kind of, yeah, she's just kind of chilling. But yeah, historical moment. It's been a really historical last two years for women in politics here in America. So yeah, definitely. And if I'm not mistaken, she's one of the most qualified justices of yeah. all time. Like this is what they said, and 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 one thing that um, was different about her is that she was a public defender. You know, so she spent that time, right? And you know, she's actually a a people of the a per, she's of the people. So this should be um, very very interesting. And she's got some big decisions to make when she gets in there. My goodness, but uh, yeah, yeah. We'll see. It's a, but yeah, overall, it's pretty cool. Historic moment. Definitely. Definitely. A bright spot in the collage of mess that's going on right now. Oh, good Lord. So much. <laughs> um, we'll transition to Obit. Sadly, it was announced yesterday that um, Ohio State alumni and current NFL quarterback Dwayne Haskins died um, after being struck by a vehicle in Florida. I don't know the particulars, but he was walking on the interstate or, or something and a car or a dump truck hit him. Like, I don't. Yeah, it, I, I'm right there with you. That's all I know is I don't. Well, I mean, we don't know why he was there, but yeah, he was on the interstate. It seemed like he was trying to cross the lane to maybe get to the other side. I don't. I, it's so confusing. But yeah, then he was struck by a dump truck. Yeah, and he uh, died on the scene. He was only 24 years old. 24, yep. So definitely condolences to his family. Um, there was an outpouring of love from teammates and coaches and staff across the spectrum. So um, just just sad, uh, really gone too soon in such a horrific, horrific way as well. Right. Um, and we've got news to when the next big award show will be coming. The Emmys are set for NBC on Monday, September 12th at 8 p.m. I'm not sure why it's on a Monday. I, yeah, that's a little strange. A little strange. I think they've done that up the past few years, but um, this is basically the TV's Oscars, if you will. So we'll soon be discussing which shows we think belong there and which performances and whatnot once we get to get closer to the event right um what do we have for trailer things okay so the main trailer that came out in the past uh since the last time we talked is uh russian doll season two and this is a series on netflix it stars uh, natasha leone and it's kind of like a time travel uh, almost groundhog's day type of show where she keeps reliving the same thing she's kind of like in this purgatory and it has a little bit of a new uh vibe this time it seems like she and it's like i don't know investing investigating like this train and like uh 
story of this family. I'm not sure. I didn't gather all, but it's still set in New York City. You know, like I said, still in the Natasha Leone, and um, I'm sure it still have some of the same humor as the first Syrians, uh, which won Emmys. So, you know, let's see if this one can do the same thing this season. Yeah, that's a show I never got to watch. I don't know why. For some reason I thought it was a limited series, so I just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It, the, how do I say it? The, it takes a little bit of getting used to because like I said, the things repeat. And like, so the first four episodes, she's literally doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. And it kind of gets tiring, but as it builds, you know, you get more and uh, Natasha Leone, she's right. She's a, she's a character, you know, she's got so much just like charisma and just energy. So it's, it's just fun to even just to watch her. So, yeah. I'll definitely check the, the first season out before the second yeah. arrives, hopefully. And then our box office, um, the main event this weekend was Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Uh, yeah. It raced to the top of the box office with 71 million. And sadly, um, anticipated Michael Bay film Ambulance stalled at fourth place with 8.7 million for the weekend. Wow. Which doesn't surprise me. That movie, I mean, other than Yaya and Jake Gyllenhaal giving like star appeal, that plot was very thin. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't remember hearing much about it either. I think I first saw the trailer in a movie or maybe on YouTube. I was just like, so they rob a bank and steal an ambulance to get away. Yeah. And then the whole film is just them driving around LA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, right, right. Michael Bay for you, so. That concludes our headlines. We'll get into our pick six. So what did you watch this past week that uh, stood out to you? I didn't watch a lot, um, but one thing I did watch was this movie on Netflix, and it is called um, Furiosa, is how I'm going to try to pronounce it. It, um, it it's, it's, it's Polish, so that's why... Okay. Some of the stuff is hard to pronounce. Right, right. But um, it kind of deals with like um, these these brute hooligans who kind of like live in the woods and fight. They're a gang and all this stuff. And there's like a, a love story. But um, they, there's, there's a core group of friends. I think it's like three friends. And um, there's a woman who goes and she works with the police now, but she's from uh, the same background as these brute people. They grew up in the same thing all together, but now she's kind of um, like investigating them. So it creates this weird dynamic between them. Mm-hmm. Like she understands where they're coming from, but now in her older years and with experience, she knows that the life they're living is wrong. And so she offers this guy the opportunity to be like an informant to spy on um, his brother, if I'm not mistaken. And um, yeah so it's crazy it's it's crazy um and pretty good and i i liked it you know if you don't mind reading subtitles then yeah it's there for you but yeah it's it's pretty intense okay all right uh for me most of my weekend was catching up on things that i hadn't been able to start or things i finished um 
big things were the finales of the last days of Potomac Gray and Severance Apple Apple TV over at Apple TV. Um, yeah. Severance is one of the best shows this year. Uh, yeah. The finale was excellent, and it sets up the second season perfectly. I'm expecting this to do wonders during award season. Um, just crazy, crazy show. Um, and the last days of Potomac Gray was a limited series, um, just six episodes. It was really good as well. Um, strong performances from Samuel Jackson and Dominic Fishback. They sort of carry the series. So hopefully they get some nominations for limited series actor and actress. Yeah, she's um, she's so good. Dominic Fishback. Yeah, she's incredible. Like and every, I haven't seen her put a bad performance yet. Now she is. She's always on top of it. She's one of the reasons I'm. I'll be seeing this next uh, Transformers movie. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then hopping over to HBO Max, uh, a Black Lady sketch show premiered their third season Friday night. So that's where I'll be most next few Fridays because their episodes right. premiere each Friday evening. And it was pretty good. Um, it's still very clever, um, both the sketches and like the little narrative that sort of is always in each season. Uh, right. It's just a fun time, and I really enjoy all those those women and the the cameos they have will knock your feet off. Um, it's just great seeing them be able to do this because we've never had anything like that before. And hopefully, no, they, hopefully they come with an Emmy win next season. I'm sort of breaking up the feeling. Yeah, it's it's really it's funny because it's just silly, like yeah. They, they hit on important things, but I did watch this episode. I forgot to put it on there, but like the, um, like the, the way that the, I think the, whatchamacallit, the, uh, the, uh, oh God, the scene in the hospital, like that's just so outlandish. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so random, but it was hilarious. It's just like, but no, it, it is good to see people, um, you know, see, you know, black women be able to just have fun like that, so. Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, we'll take a quick break and come back to our no concessions. Welcome back. We're about to get our no concessions. And what are you recommending for us this week? Okay, um, so this, and you can get this on HBO Max, but this week and this past weekend, I believe there was uh, the premiere of Tony Hawk's Until the Wheels Fall Off. Um, I don't think I need to explain who Tony Hawk is, but this documentary um, kind of went back in time and kind of tracked his ascent to this, you know, uh, skateboarding prodigy and becoming everything else. And when you watch it, so much of it is really just like he was the right person at the right time. Like skateboarding was taking off. He was really good at it and they knew how to market him. So, you know, and Tony Hawk was one of the first people to get like have the video game things going, you know. Like now we see it in, you know, yeah. we got 2K and all that. But you know, this was this was Tony Hawk's game, and he had a couple um, versions of them. But um, yeah, it talks about his youth, his upbringing, uh, just the type of person he was. And there's so many people in the documentary who um, spoke so well for him, you know. And he's been doing this for, uh, you know, something like. 
almost four decades or whatever. I think Tony Hawk's in his fifties and, and you don't hear anything bad about him. Everything you hear is he's just like a genuine person. You know, he does what he does. He helps where he can. And yeah, it, it's, it's what you want for people in the, in the public eye, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah, he, I think that's why he's, he's so loved. <laughs> yeah. He's such a sort of peculiar person of pop culture. He's like, whether you play the games or not, skate or not, like you, you know who he is, and right, everyone sort of enjoys him. It, it's it great. To, it's great to see. Yeah, no, no, he's definitely he means a lot to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty awesome. I'll definitely have to check that out. Yeah, it's pretty good. All right, and our previously on we had episode five of Winning Time: Pieces of a Man, um, and this sort of dug into the backstory of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, as this episode explored the team sort of trying to gel together once they recruited uh, Jack McKinney and egos were, you know, had to be massaged and whatnot. Um, Yeah, it explored his transition from like, his transition to Islam and um, sort of his, early on, he sort of had like this political awakening um, as a young man, um, you know, his father was a police officer and he definitely stood the stance with, you know, the Black Panthers and was against police brutality and sort of like that, that uh, fascist state. And I, I, I imagine that would have been rough growing up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, um, in the present day sort of seen saw him like sort of feeling like he failed um he wanted to be more than just a basketball player and that i think sort of the, that complexity translated into his his um stance against the way match was trying to sort of change the game and you know but once he you know they got that second game in them and he saw how things could work and how he could still be a pillar of change, uh, things started happening for him. So it was uh, definitely a good episode. Yeah, no, it was really good. Uh, it's kind of interesting because this episode, you saw everybody kind of go through a, a range of emotions. And I kind of like how they're keeping us with Pat Riley. And he's a huge story too. He's a huge part of the Lakers history during that time. So obviously they got to talk about him. But, right. Um, uh, you know, see everything he went to he went through before you know he came to pat rally that we know today and um yeah there's just there's so much in the show and the early reviews i remember reading on the show just said it wasn't it wasn't good that they got tired of the fourth wall that it was cheesy it was all this i'm like well, this is enjoyable man like i i'm i look forward to watching it yeah it, it's really good i don't i don't yeah. understand why they would be upset about that um, yeah, because definitely for audience like us, we're learning so much because I had no idea exactly who Pat Riley was before you know he was like the Gordon Gecko coach of the Heat. Like, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. That's I'm, I'm right there with you. It's just like I didn't know he went through all of this. So yeah, he was definitely near the end of his rope by the time he was recruited for just commentating. Even there, he sort of had to find his footing. Exactly, Um, and then also just the behind the scenes family stuff with um, Jerry Buss and his mother, and 
just how, you know, despite sort of his outlandish vision and everything, he just wants to be, he wants the approval. You could see right. that, just like anyone else. Um, and that that's a definitely an interesting take. But the end of this episode, again, with another shocker, like this team was somewhat cursed. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, we see Jack McKinney, you know, just after they win this game and his formula's working, he goes for a bike ride and the bike collapse just falls apart basically. Right. And he goes like skid rowing into the road. And I guess he did. Well, no, he didn't die right there. He what I, I had to read about it, but what eventually what happens, I'm sure we'll see in the next episode, is that he like sustains really bad brain damage. Oh and so okay. that leads to his assistant coach temporarily becoming the head coach for the rest of that season, which then leads to Pat Riley becoming the coach of Lakers. Okay, because this isn't coach of Jason Siegel, right? Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he says, like, I'm not up to par. I, I can't do this. And we know. Right. <laughs> but yeah, that that scene was just like another, oh my gosh, like right. every like, it yeah. seemed like the world was against whatever they were trying to do. Right. Yep. Yep. So yeah. Um, so episode six would premiere tonight on HBO, and it has been renewed for a second season. So we'll have to see exactly yeah. where this goes. Um the finale, I know, wraps on May 8th. So that'll be the 10th uh, episode. Okay. I, I think when you think about that time and you think about um, magic, you only, you really, you can't help but think about his, you know, HIV diagnosis and all that being diagnosed with that. And I just wonder how they're going to handle that when it gets to that. And I imagine that may be the second season. So, right, right. Because that's definitely where we started. With right. him in the um getting the test results or not, but just that, yeah, that's gonna be definitely have to be handled with care because yeah, yeah, that could go wrong. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm sure I have faith in Adam McKay, whoever's writing that it'll be handled with right, care. Right, yeah. I can't imagine the hysteria that took place at that time, like. Yeah, it had to be insane. Yeah. And just the, the speculation, I'm sure so much just mm -hmm. wild homophobic stuff said at the time too. Yeah, yeah. And for something completely different, we had the fourth episode of Atlanta um, called Big Payback. Um, this is like a, at this point, Atlanta's like an anthology. Like we have our main characters, but then they explore just like standalone stories in this universe. Um, and this episode explored the, I guess, real process of like reparations. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. For Black Americans. Um, it was from the perspective of a white man named Marshall Johnson, who was accused of owning a woman's great great grandfather and mother or something and she owed him three million dollars and it just went through the whole gamut of emotions and like perspectives and white people panicking and 
being right. told in that, well, my ancestry says I'm Jewish, so we were slaves too. Like yes. <laughs> all those uh, straw man arguments as to why they don't have to do anything about the past. Right. And to be honest, when the episode first started, I didn't know where it was going. I was like, what is happening? And then once it, you know, caught on, I was like, oh, I see. And I'll be honest with you, they hit the nail on the head because there's no way in this country that reparations would go smoothly. It wouldn't be a process of, well, right. you know, we'll contact you with this information. No, it would be very similar to what they showed. Yeah. Yeah. And even when you bring it up, then there's the discussion within the community. Well, which Blacks deserve it? Like, right. Exactly. Are you, exactly. Are you a, a natural born Black descendant of slavery or did you immigrate here from Jamaica and all this other stuff? And it gets right. very convoluted and very anti-diaspora. So, <laughs> right. It's, it's a lot. But I think I tackled the most when he was arguing with his wife <laughs> she was like i'm peruvian he said you were yeah, white yeah. yesterday <laughs> yes yes that was hilarious yeah she switched up real quick and especially and, uh the the woman he worked with when he was like uh well the hungarian oh, i forgot what you call them the hungarian jews or whatever we were slaves right and she's like come on marshall that was that was millions of years ago yes <laughs> yes the- it, the exact arguments they tell us about slavery and whatnot and as if as if what happens today isn't directly connected to that and results of that um it, very good episode yeah um, no, it was super good and speaking of atlanta i have to go back and read i guess this essay donald glover wrote oh god i i read it it was so on interview magazine they're, they obviously, they interview celebrities, they do all this, it's just a magazine, but they, for one of their big pieces, they allowed him to interview himself. And like, it was just literally him asking himself questions and he answered them. This is all in like written form. And then it gets to a point where he, uh, he, for some reason, just brings, brings up as, seems to happen a lot with him he brings up black women and I think he asks you know are um like do you hate black women he says no 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 something like that it's like do you hate them and I don't know it's really bizarre if you read it you'll see everything and have a much better idea of what it said but it was just it seemed very unnecessary yeah it I wanted to read it to get all content because I I was seeing that it was good from some people but then like the only thing that was popping up was the the section about black women um yeah because he has come with very harsh critiques from black women about his betrayal of them um even from his childish gambino days just the way he discussed black women in his lyrics and yeah exactly not so yeah i'll have to have to read it for myself to get get the scope of what he discussed <laughs> All right, Atlanta airs every um, Thursday at 10 on FX, and you can stream it on the next day on Hulu. That brings us to our feature presentation. 
um, where we're going to discuss the recent trend of content that's highlights scammers or scamming scandals and more specifically white scammers of all different shapes and sizes and genres. So this obviously is like an offshoot somewhat of true crime. Um, so that's since, since that's such a dominant you know, genre today um, in entertainment, but it's just not quite the same to me. So you've, you've we've gotten shows like The Tinder Swindler, um, Bad Vegan. We've gotten documentaries about, you know, the Fire Festival, this the whole um, Inventing Anna series, uh, the dropout about Elizabeth Holmes. Um, and in all these, these scenarios, these stories, wealthy, well-to-do white people either get suckered into mess or they perpetuate mess because I don't know, they're bored or they just want to get over on people or I, I don't know the reason. <laughs> <laughs> and some reason this sort of Avenue of criminality gets praised somewhat because of all these unnecessary episodes of television or films retelling stories that we've already exhausted for the most part. Yeah. Um, and then from there, you get the theme pieces, and then you get additional content because then they want to step up and say, hey, let me get a piece of this pie. So, so why do you think this is becoming such a phenomenon of sorts at this particular time? I don't know. That's a good question. Are, are you are you talking about the scamming itself or the documenting of it? Like what we're seeing? I would say the documenting of it because I think there's always been a space for like salacious stories and whatnot, but why, why is the documenting of it? Why is, why are these instances becoming fervor for content? Especially I think when the content's not that great. I, I think it is like most things, it's money, not the money that will bring in, but just, I think people have um, almost like a lust to hear about just, just money huge money, big money, you know, money being stolen, how they spent it, where it came from and all this. And I think that is kind of like an obsession, you know, and um, uh, the, for me, that's really the only thing I can think. And I think it's just the the process and the, and the mess of it all. Like here's this person, like the Elizabeth Holmes story, when that kicked off, that's all anybody was talking about on Twitter for the longest time, that documentary on, uh, what's it, HBO? Yeah. Yeah, you know, just I don't know. I, 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 for me, I think it's the money. I think people are just kind of, I don't know, drawn to it. it yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah, it seems that, I mean, of course, ultimately, these things come to fruition because, you know, money is to be made. Uh, right. But for me, it's like, okay, we get the documentary and it's great and it serves its purpose. And then 
of course, the story continues in the news, so you can follow it at will. But then everyone's like, okay, now we need a podcast, and now we need a miniseries, right. and two networks are both going to do a miniseries, and then we're going to get a feature film, and then we're going to get a, a sequel to the docuseries. And it's like, okay, now you're just, you're dragging it. It's doing right. way too much. Um, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and yeah, when you talk about it in that way, it's it's getting on par with whatchamacallit, kind of like um, true crime. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like a, a cleaner version of that, you know, so. Oh. And, and I feel like there's almost an oversaturation to where at some point it doesn't feel like we're covering it to be informative. We're just covering right. it to cover it because, I mean, th- there's countless other things we've been talking about or showcasing. And it just feels like, well, this is the trend now. So let's get out there. This is what people want. Not necessarily. <laughs> right, right. Um, and I think a, trib- a lot of it is tribute to just this unwarranted success to Tiger King. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Netflix saw that we were stuck in the house and was like, oh, this story needs to be told. While the story was interesting, the hype and buildup around that one, one docket of television, it wasn't worth it. No, not at all. And then from there, you got a part two that nobody watched. You have this series at Peacock that looked like a parody it was just it was too much and yeah you had like the datelines and 48 hours and all this that and the third um and we forget like these are people and we always also forget that you know despite i guess the colorful commentary of these human beings you know joe exotic was very very uh predatorial and what he was doing like forget all the tiger stuff like he preyed on vulnerable men to engage in whatever relationship or, or whatnot right and then they would end up getting hurt like I, I just think the framing of all that should have been different like the fantastic fantastical of it overshadowed like some real traumatic stuff happening. Right, right. No, I absolutely agree. And then from there, all these others come about and it's like, there's not much there to discuss. It's like they were trying to make these scams like, okay, it's criminal activity, but this is not something that's worried about. Like, no one told you to give this stranger $25,000 right? because you thought they were a Russian oligarch. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Right. And you kind of, you feel bad for these people, but you also have to become be like, really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Especially this bad vegan girl. Like, Someone yeah. broke, broke down like exactly what happened. So you followed this man because you thought he was Alec Baldwin's friend. Like yeah. where, what, what's going on? Right. 
I, I told you that story was absolutely bizarre. It's too, it's so bizarre that you have to watch it. I, I'm not sure anybody can explain it, you know, thoroughly. It's just like where, I, I, I just, I don't know. Yeah. There's yeah. so much, there's so much other stuff that could be on these platforms and, and being shown. Like Netflix is canceling really good content people actually watch in favor of these little nuggets of non-drama drama. Right, no, absolutely. So hopefully it's coming to a close. Like I'm, I'm a fan of true crime, but like, unless someone was murdered or like some conspiracy connected to some other larger thing from the past, like stop, stop, stop. Yeah, it's not necessary. No, I completely agree. It's very, I, I think the whatchamacallit, the, that true crime stuff, that's so, I, I can't really get into that because I just feel bad for the people. I feel bad for the people who aren't there to tell their own stories and I feel bad for their, their families because mm-hmm. you know, I, I assume they get a nice check at the end of it, but then they also have to deal with their loved one's murder being flashed all over the internet and shared on yeah. uh, Twitter. It's a hashtag. It's on Reddit and subreddits and they're trying to figure out the crimes and pick apart these people's lives and yeah, so that, but the, yeah, the scamming stuff is is interesting, and and I, I'm at fault because some of it does draw you in. Like, um, I, do you remember Carolyn Calloway, like the internet sensation it girl or whatever? That name sounds familiar. Cool. Yeah, if you see her face, you may recognize her. One second. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So. She's still scamming. Like her, her, her story is still going on, and it started. I want to say, I don't know, four or five years ago. And she, and but I, I say that not to get into her story, but I'm still interested. Anytime something pops up about Carolyn Calloway, I'm like, click, click. You know, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm into it. So yeah, I'm guilty. I'm guilty, but you know, I'm not happy about it. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, human curiosity, we all know mess sells, but like, there should be like, we should be allowed a limit. Like, if we click on right. this, oh, yeah. read it, there should be a poll, like, would you like to see a movie about this? No. Right. And then right. gone about their day, like, there should be some type of scale or some type of mechanisms to know, like, what makes good TV and what doesn't. And, and, and because I was going to say, I think there's, a separation because I think a Tiger King, it was interesting. It's not something that's important, but a Bernie Madoff is right. something that we all need to know about. You know, he he's he's a scammer, but he's white collar. He's he was you know doing it for decades, I believe, or a while. But it's a different type of scamming. It's it's not a it's not a uh, a fun scamming. You know, I mean. right, right. That has sort of like a a ripple of mass effect. Like it was a right, national yeah. story. To whereas they're right. finding these little pockets of Hollywood or Los Angeles and saying, "Oh yes, people want to know about this," but really, it doesn't. We right. don't like this. Could be 
you know, a Snapchat video of information. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it, it's not it's not making the waves they think it's making. So I know the true crime is not going away. And there are scammers every day. Like Darius Cooks is a prime example, but we don't right. need a full-fledged six-part docuseries about him and him doxing people over expensive meals he's cooking at rented homes like it's not that deep. right right so there's just got to be a better way to gauge what actually deserves time Attention. on screens yes yeah. exactly that all righty we're about to wrap up here where are you streaming for the weekend i am honestly not sure that's it's a first for me but um i don't know i've caught up on so much stuff and i'm not really sure what comes out but um probably what i'll do is just go to one of the many streaming networks and you know what i'll say this i'll get started on some of these shows on apple tv i have yet to start on there so i that's what i'll do i'll i'll find something to watch on there so yeah because by the time you finish severance we're gonna have to discuss it exclusively right right because it's, I was blown away. I'll probably re rewatch it just because it's that. That good. Yes. Wow. Um, for me, uh, I didn't get to see, well, this AMC show, 61st Street, I guess it premiered early on AMC Plus, but it premieres tonight on AMC. So I'm going to try to check that out. Um, and I started Tokyo Vice on HBO Max, the first episode. Um, it's interesting, and I guess it's based on real events, so I may do some studying to see, you know, what this is exactly about. Yeah, okay. And then the season finale of Abbott Elementary premieres Tuesday, so I'm going to support that. Um, and yeah, I think that's pretty much it I'll be watching this week. Probably catch up on some other things. The CW finally has their app on smart TVs now, so I don't use my iPad. So I'll try to catch up on those shows. <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah, it's a, another week down, another episode down. We thank you for listening to Extreme Life with Brendan and Lauren. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps spread the word about our little show. And we'll see you next week. Until then, keep streaming. Peace. This has been It's a Streamable Life, a podcast chronicling life in a peak entertainment era. Listen, share, rate, and subscribe weekly on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you get Streamable Life.